Ah, shuckadecka now. You know what that sound means. It is so good to be back in our regular studio, back to normal. We had probably a little bit too much fun on draft night. Uh, For those of you who missed it, I will be uploading the recording from draft night. It's four plus hours, so there's a lot, and I would say I only remember about an hour 45 of it. Uh, We had so much fun on draft night. I appreciate everybody who joined us, and we did a ton of giveaways. I got about 80% of them in the mail yesterday. I think I've got about four packages here that I have to get out tomorrow, but other than that, everything else is out and on the way. It was a blast. We had fun. I'm told there was chocolate cake involved, but I honestly don't remember much of that. And uh, as much as we stumbled through it, you know, that's just something that we try to do for the culture, for the people every single year. I know that there's a lot of people who are stuck at work who maybe can't get to uh, a television to watch the draft live, who would like some up-to-date information, or who just, you know, is tired of seeing the NFL Network drone on and on about where these kids came from and their horrible past and all of that shit. But Having said that, it was a lot of fun, and you know, I thought we would take this episode to kind of get into the draft, talk about a lot of things that were a little bit of a surprise, maybe some things that weren't, and uh, you know, just get back into the fold. So, welcome to the Regulators Podcast. I am your host, Waldo, if you don't know by now. Make sure that you are following us on Twitter, at RegulatorsPod, for no reason other than we have a bunch of amazing content. We have uh, a ton of giveaways that we do all the time. If you missed out on the last round, I promise you, there are more coming. I actually have another box of stuff uh, that we just received, so I'm going to start putting together some giveaways already and uh, figuring out how to hook you guys up as we head towards mandatory mini camps and all of those things. So let's get right into the draft. Now, Jaguars with that number one pick, there was a lot of talk. Was it going to be Aiden Hutchinson or the consensus kind of leading right up to the draft was that it was going to be Trayvon Walker, and indeed it was. Jaguars took the first Bulldog off the board and definitely would not be the last. Georgia broke the record uh, for most players taken by one school, and it was insane to see kind of how some of these things started to fall. So, Right out of the gate, your first five picks were all defensive players. So you had the Jags taking Trayvon Walker. The Lions obviously took Aiden Hutchinson, which is awesome. I mean, I think Aiden Hutchinson, if that's not a Dan Campbell guy, I, I really don't know who the hell is. The Texans, you know, really couldn't be, can't really go wrong. Um, they needed so much help. And Derek Stingley as a defensive back out of LSU, I think is going to, help them obviously start to re-piece that defense together and start to make themselves a competitive football team. Now let's talk about the Jets because for my money, listen, I don't do draft grades. Draft grades are bullshit. Nobody wins the offseason. Nobody wins the draft. This A-C- is such horseshit. If you go back and you look at 
the people who do these draft grades and then try to judge them three or five years later where these people didn't know what the fuck they're talking about. I mean, and it's just like trying to take a shot at a crap shoot of a mock draft. Like, you're lucky if you get a third. Like, the experts, the people who are really, really good are lucky to get, you know, six or seven people um, nailed at the correct spot. But having said that, I do think that the Jets really did well in this draft. I mean, you started off with Ahmad Gardner. You get Sauce right off the bat. And AFC East, you know, you've got Josh Allen. He's got some weapons. You've got Tua, who's now definitely got a set of weapons. And you need to have some cornerbacks who can cover. The Jets definitely get one in Sauce Gardner. And then they go out and they get a wide receiver, Garrett Wilson, with the 10th overall pick, so they add to their own wide receiver core there. And then what do they do? They go out and they get defensive end Jermaine Johnson, and this is all in the first round. So they got three picks, you know, they get Jermaine Johnson out of Florida State, and then what do they do the following day? They go out and they get Brees Hall, who was absolutely the best running back in the draft. First running back off the board goes to the New York Jets. So of course, it remains to be seen what the New York Jets can do with their talent, coaching, and everything else. But Joe Douglas, man, has been working for two years. I mean, I told you guys a while back, this guy has quietly been making moves and making moves and setting the team up for success. So if it doesn't really come to fruition and things aren't working out, then you have to start questioning coaching and, and other things like that. But I think the Jets definitely put themselves in a great position during this draft. And then after that, you've got the Giants who took Kayvon Thibodeau. Awesome pick for them to get him at five overall. And then it goes into the Panthers, where at six, this is where we thought, okay, is this going to be the first quarterback off the board? And we know that obviously it wasn't. And they end up getting Ike McQuano. Um, so Icky goes to the Panthers. That's the first offensive player that comes off the board. And then from there... The Giants were on the board again, and they take Alabama offensive tackle Evan Neal. And what's funny and heartbreaking at the same time is one of the many giveaways in the contest that we had during the draft was we had a $100 cash contest, and it was for mock drafts. And we put out all the information time and time again leading up to it. And one of the people that was in the mock draft contest had actually mocked correctly Kayvon Thibodeau and Evan Neal, both to the Giants, but they had them switched. They had Neal at five and Thibodeau at seven, and otherwise they would have won the $100 and they would have won the contest. Um, but it actually was a three-way tie all the way up until the 32nd pick, and then uh, one, of, one of the guys got it. So uh, shout out to Justin, who ended up winning that $100. Good for him. But... Draft night just seemed to get very bizarre after this. So we had multiple trades, but none of them were the trades that we thought we were going to get. So we had Hollywood Brown gets traded. A.J. Brown gets traded, which for me is the real crazy one. Hollywood Brown we knew wasn't happy with his usage, right? And then now you have to start to think, okay, you know, looking at, you know, who they took as a rookie last year, fantasy-wise, does that help them? And then, how does it affect the Arizona Cardinals with Hollywood? Because especially now, we've learned that DeAndre Hopkins is going to have a six-game suspension, so automatically, Hollywood's 
uh, value jumps way up in fantasy, and that's something to keep an eye on. But for the Tennessee Titans, man, Ryan Tannehill's got to just be asking, like, what the fuck do I, like, what is it? Like, what did I do to deserve this? I mean, he had shit in Miami for years. The offensive line was trash. The wide receiver room was oft injured and didn't have insane talent. So then he finally gets to Tennessee, starts doing really, really well, gets an extension, you know, is is doing great for the Titans. But they let his star wide receiver go to the Jets the year before. They let his star tight tight end go to the Patriots. So they're losing talent. They bring in a busted older Julio Jones who really doesn't have much left in the tank. And then now you let A.J. Brown go. So what is like that thought process and now it'll be the same thing so ryan Tannehill, you know is there with Traylon burks who this this was the irony is at that point the wide receiver run had already started so by the time you get to 18 with the titans trade away aj brown and then they're going to go try to get a replacement for aj brown you definitely didn't have your pick of wide receivers now that's not to say that burks isn't talented But the point is, now in comes a rookie who hopefully he will contribute to the Titans' offense. You're hoping, obviously, that Derrick Henry will be back healthy. But, man, just like, that's kind of tough. You know, as opposed to some of these teams where you see they go out, they load up for their team, and they're trying to build pieces around versus a team who's letting pieces go. Like, again, we talk about the Devontae Adams thing. I think that's tough because that didn't seem like that was as much of a Packer decision. I don't think it was purely about the money. I think, obviously, we know that Devontae Adams was going to get paid one way or the other. But, and allegedly, according to reports, they offered him the same money to stay in Green Bay, but he wanted to go play with Derek Carr. That was his guy. They played together in college. Like They, they wanted to be together, and it was what it was. So I think that's a little bit of a different situation. Whereas... Some of these teams just seem very keen on giving away Khalil Mack-type players, giving away DeAndre Hopkins-type players, which, again, now he's got the suspension, and and I understand. But having said that, it's very interesting to see (laughs) these people who think, like, show me the A.J. Brown tree. Show me the farm where they grow Hollywood Browns. Like, show me the Tyreek Hills that are just you know, popping up everywhere. And again, Tyreek Hill, a little bit different situation, contract extension, and they they just didn't want to pay him. Now, we can argue whether that was right or wrong and how you try to replace a dynamic player like that, but that's neither here nor there. So my point is, we end up seeing these trades, but the one name we obviously didn't see pop up on draft night was Debo Samuel. So Debo doesn't get traded. Baker Mayfield doesn't get traded. Um, Jimmy G doesn't get traded. And then what happens? Now you start to wonder, okay, well, where where are the landing spots, right? We're watching for the quarterbacks. Now, we knew that at 20 with the Steelers, they had to come out with a quarterback, right? Like we've been saying all along, like there's no way you, do, you leave this first round without a quarterback. And they got their guy. They got Kenny Pickett, which they had more access to than anybody else because again, the practice facility is right there. Like they literally, the guy doesn't even have to change zip codes. So um, if they believe in him, then they've done their homework. 
then they've done their homework. And I trust that organization, you know, for better or for worse. Tomlin's never had a losing season, and, you know, they've had only three coaches since the merger. The Pittsburgh Steelers organization as a whole is a very well-run organization. And if they believe that Kenny Pickett's the guy, then until he proves me wrong, Kenny Pickett is the guy. So that's where the first quarterback came off the board. But then we don't see a quarterback for a while. So now you start to wonder, okay, how far are these guys going to start to fall? And where are these quarterbacks all going to start ending up? I mean, I thought for sure that Malik Willis was going to go. If he didn't go in the first round, which I, I thought he could, some of the mocks had him pretty high, but I was like, okay, if he doesn't go here, he's got to go at the top of the second round, right? Like sooner or later, it's just got to happen. Unfortunately, that's not even close to the way that it ended up falling. So when the quarterbacks finally did start popping off the board, you had Malik Willis going to the Tennessee Titans. You had Desmond Ritter going to the Atlanta Falcons, which kills, you know, Malik Willis, the situation with Tannehill, he's aging, you know, he's got the contract, you know, that'll be coming up at some point. They ended up getting Malik at an excellent value so it's not like he was a first round guy that they have to push him in he can sit he can learn behind ryan and it could end up being a jimmy g situation like what you had in new england it could be like well you know we'll train him up if he's almost good enough but ryan's playing insane ball and we want ryan to be the starter well then he's a bargaining chip and you can move him or if ryan starts to falter and or there's contract issues then you know that you've got your guy waiting in the wings with the Falcons, obviously they moved on from Matt Ryan and now enter Desmond Ritter. So he was the 74th overall pick um, out of Cincinnati by the Falcons. And now that kind of puts him in the fold for the starting job there. And now you again start to have those questions is where is the market for you, Baker Mayfield? Where is the market for Jimmy G? And... You know, even the Panthers, who we thought at six might go quarterback. Well, okay, they took Matt Corral at 94 out of Ole Miss. So if you do that, you're probably not going to trade for a Baker Mayfield type player, a Jimmy G, something like that. Allegedly, you know, and I, I, I hate even covering that kind of bullshit, but there were rumors that they were close on Baker to Carolina. But it just, the deal didn't get done. They took Matt Corral and the rest is history but where is that market and it's really kind of fucked up because i still believe that you know seattle is the best home for either of those guys more specifically jimmy g now jimmy g's in a little bit of a different situation from baker mayfield with jimmy he you know, we're talking about a guy who got your team to the Super Bowl, two years later got you to the NFC Championship game. Like, this is a guy that, just because he doesn't look flashy the way that people want to see on the highlight tapes, like, this guy can get you there. This guy absolutely can get you there. And to keep him in the NFC West, where he's going to know the opponent a little bit and he's going to have a little bit of insight there, I think that he would be a good fit especially with what Pete Carroll claims he wants to do. One of the biggest issues in Seattle was that 
Russell Wilson set records for the offense, set franchise records, and they fired their OC because Pete Carroll said, we want to run the ball more. We want to establish the run and then, sure, of course, we're going to pass. We're not going to abandon the pass, but we want to be a running first team. Like, that's, that's what we want. Enter Jimmy G. He can excel in those type of situations because then when he gets his opportunity, he's going to make you pay for it. So I think Jimmy would be the best fit. But again, now that we're post-draft, now that there's a very small market that would be competing for these services, what is even the market? And then the issue with Baker is is the money. And allegedly that's what held up the Carolina deal was they wanted Cleveland to eat some of the money, which they should have. And they were like, no, we just gave Deshaun Watson like $11, like fucking... Nah, we, we, we don't got the extra, so we're not going to eat it. Well, that's that's kind of on you. You made that decision, and you knew what you were getting into when you went after Deshaun, and you are already trying to do damage control when you thought you might not have him, and then all of a sudden you got Deshaun. What are you going to do? Like, are you going to actually have Baker Mayfield show up and invite that circus to camp? Like, I don't think you will. I don't think you will. If I... Listen, I know Detroit got hard knocks, but shit. If the two of those guys are in the sit, like, the, it'll never happen. It'll, I, I don't want to say never. I don't speak in absolutes. I'm not a Sith. Which, speaking of Sith, today is Star Wars Day. So, may the fourth be with you. Bum, 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 bum. Please don't sue me, George Lucas. But, happy Star Wars Day to all my fellow nerds out there. Having said that, not a Sith, not going to speak in absolutes, but... I don't see a scenario where Baker Mayfield and Deshaun Watson are showing up to camp together. Like, that just seems, that seems absolutely like it's not going to be a thing. So what are you going to do? You're going to tell him, all right, you can stay home and we'll work it out and then we'll trade you like right before the season or the first couple of weeks of the season when somebody gets hurt, we'll, they'll bring you in and give you a chance to be a starter. <coughs> But it's going to be a wild ride, man. It's going to be very, very interesting. Um, and then the Packers, you know, speak, speaking of interesting, you know, of course, the one thing that always gets talked about is the Packers haven't added an offensive weapon in the first round since Aaron Rodgers has been there. So they trade Devontae Adams, and you're like, all right, it's going to be a slap in the face. Be like, oh, we finally got you one. Here, here's a wide receiver. But we traded away the best fucking wide receiver there is, arguably. And so, but they had to do it, right? So here comes the 28th pick on the clock. The pick is in. The Green Bay Packers select defensive tackle Devontae Wyatt. What in the fuck? Like, all right. So you couldn't get over the hump with Devontae Adams. And you're like, you know what was keeping us out? You know what it was? Even though we had like four points in the championship game or the before the, cha- the divisional round, whatever it was, we needed a defensive tackle. That's that's what... It, like, like, how many times did they just stick a middle finger in Aaron Rodgers' face? I mean, they did it with Jordan Love. Had no fucking regrets. And... I don't... I don't... I don't understand. I've, I've long said that he is one of the most squandered talents 
in the NFL. And that's not to say that he hasn't had talent around him. Obviously, Devontae Adams is amazing. We know that he's had a couple of great running backs. And even offensively and defensively on the line, they've had some good talent and things like that. But you look at situations where they start to involve certain people. Like one of the greatest things I saw was the Jason Kelsey interview, right? So for those of you who don't know, Jason Kelsey, center for the Philadelphia Eagles, he's getting up there in age. Is he going to come back? Is he not going to come back? He, he is coming back for this year. You know, that was already a thing. And then he's doing a live interview, and they're talking to him about what's going on with the Eagles. And they say, oh, the, the Eagles just drafted a center. And they thought it was going to be a really awkward moment because they had Jason Kelsey there live. And Kelsey says, no, no, I, I knew. I helped them scout him. They're like what? And he's like, yeah, they've they've been using me the last couple of years to really like help scout, you know, these guys. And I think he's for the money, like the best guy coming out. He's strong. He's fast. He's got quick feet. Like you know. And I'm like that. That is how the fuck it's done. And that's that's amazing. And you should be doing that at all positions across the board, especially have you as you have aging veterans. And it doesn't even necessarily have to mean that, hey, help us evaluate this position. But, like, even if it's not your position, like, let's say you're a quarterback and you're looking at wide receivers and it's like, hey, you went to school with some of these guys or, you know, you know about this. Like, who would add value to our room? Who do you think, you know, things like... And listen, I get it. Not not every player, you know, has the chops to be a GM or scout and things like that. It's just input. It's just added information. It's like stats. We have a lot of people who bash stats. And they're like, stats don't matter. Stats are stupid. Stats, No, you're wrong. They're just a piece of the fucking puzzle. It's one piece in a jigsaw puzzle. But it's a useful piece. I always compare stats the same way as I say kickers. You know, someone said to me once, you know, stats can either win you the game or lose you the game. And I said, yeah, so can a kicker, he still gets off the bus, though. Like, you still bring him to the game. It's the same thing with statistics. And that's why Harbaugh and some of the greats, like, have a guy whose sole job is to sit up in that booth, and when he has something important to say, he clicks right into the head coach and says, listen, if we run this, there's a 72% chance we're going to get this yard or we're going to hit him on the left side, et cetera, et cetera. This is what's going to happen. Boom. And then they do it. And if the odds didn't play in their favor, if it didn't even come close to 50-50 and these stats guys were completely pulling shit out of their ass, there would be no stats guys. It wouldn't be a thing. And I tell you what, for as old school as he is, one of the people who's the most into analytics is Bill fucking Belichick. This guy knows what side of the bed you sleep on. Like, this guy does so much insane analytics and understands that when you catch people in this position and you do this and you motion this way that nine times out of ten the safety doesn't cross here because he's going to try to pick up the running back. He understands all this stuff and then he gives that to his coaches who give that to his players and a lot of people have learned under him and do the same kind of things. Like, it's information. It's always good information. And I completely forget what my original fucking point was oh you know the players giving their input as far as scouting other players at the same position or at positions that may help them and things like that i think it's a a great fucking move and i guarantee you they did not have aaron Rodgers come in 
and decide, yeah, you know what, uh, we're going to scout some defensive tackles. What do you think of Devontae Wyatt? That didn't happen. So again, we can make the arguments, and I'm fine to have an open discussion about whether that should happen, shouldn't happen. Maybe some organizations do it better than others. But when you have an Aaron Rodgers-type talent, you'd think like, all right, we just traded away the best wide receiver in football. We've never gotten him an offensive talent in the first round. Maybe we go get him something. And again, things could still happen. Remember, you have all the way up until the trade deadline, but even before then, players get cut because of salary cap reasons. Like, there's a whole... If you think your roster is set right now, you're not even close. You couldn't be further from the truth. You're going to have about double the players on your roster heading into camp that you will by September. So there are going to be a ton of players that nobody expected to get cut and then it was like ah had to make a tough call cap casualty this guy's out so there's a chance they get a wide receiver that way there's still a chance they can obviously make a trade they can trade future picks it happens all the time during the summer so they can still go out and get someone maybe they're working on like say a Debo or something like that but right now Devontae Wyatt didn't really settle a bunch of uneasy nerves anyways Having said that, they did pick a wide receiver at the beginning of the second round, uh, North Dakota State, Christian Watson, who, like, I want to be fair, right? Like, I got really hype about Christian Watson, and a lot of that is from Hassan Patel. Like, he he did a great breakdown on him pre-draft, and I was looking at the tape and all these things, and, like, I do like Christian Watson. Is he Devontae Adams? Oh, no, that's a far cry. And the Packers were kind of in a tight spot when they pick at 28 because, again, most of the fucking wide receivers are already gone, and no wide receivers went between 28 and 34, so they basically got the same guy at 34, 28. So maybe I'm being a little too harsh. All right, maybe I'm being a little too harsh. I just... All right, I'm being a dick. It's fine. Listen, I can take my L's. Sometimes it's... I just, I forgot they took Christian Watson. They did take Christian Watson. All right, you're off the hook, but I have a close eye on you, Packers. I'm, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. Um, having said that, you know, it was really interesting to see certain people who fell like, of course, N'Kobe Dean just plummeted down the draft board, and there were allegedly issues with his pectoral i think and they don't know whether it's going to be surgery or not and whether that's going to be an injury issue but the word on the streets is that even if he missed an entire year like this guy is just a beast and he's going to be an amazing asset for your team now that's easier said than done especially with coaches that are like well i don't know if i'll be here the next year um speaking of wide receivers the texans take john mechie out of alabama and you know the alabama picks were interesting so of course the Texans jump the Ravens at 44 and take John Mechie. Every single time the Ravens were about to be on the clock, somebody jumped the Ravens and took an Alabama player. Like, it was wild. It was just insane because, again, the general consensus is that the Ravens absolutely love their Alabama players. So as soon as the Ravens were about to be on the clock, all of a sudden, here comes a team to jump them. And they're going to take an Alabama player. It was just funny. Until finally, eventually, 
on like day three, I think it was, um, the Ravens finally got an Alabama player. And I was like, okay, we can check that box. But lots of surprising things that happened in the draft. You know, I'd love to hear from you guys what you think the most surprising thing was in the draft. For me, I really didn't think that only one quarterback was going to go in that first round. because, And I almost want to congratulate the 32 draft rooms around the NFL because here's what happens every single year. Usually leading up to the draft, you have two to three quarterbacks that are kind of good, and one of them might be, all right, elite. Like, this will probably be a franchise guy. And then what happens closer to the draft is the hype builds and the hype builds and the hype builds. And then all of a sudden, you've got four quarterbacks going in the top 15 picks, and it just becomes a shit show, and people start overreaching, and it's like, what is going on? This year, the word on the streets that I didn't believe for a second was that there'll be one guy at 20 to the Steelers, and then that's it. Like nobody, And I, I cannot believe that that's actually how it played out, which shows you just how ass everybody thinks that this year's quarterback draft class was. Um, now, whether they're right or not remains to be seen. We'll have to find out. But it was, it was absolutely crazy to see that only one quarterback went at 20 and is it's it's different to say the least now allegedly already i gotta stop saying allegedly fucking i just i don't like saying stuff that i don't believe personally like if it's not my thought process i just want people to understand like this is this is bullshit that other people say i don't know if it's true or not but you know the word around town is that next year's class is already a better class of quarterbacks, and people are going to start getting hype about that. And probably, I I don't I don't know, but we'll have to see how all these draft prospects shake out. I think far and away, the Jets definitely did really really well in the. You, like first four picks that they got uh, I think they did really well and helped contribute to their team now one thing that was interesting though with the Brees Hall pick is I know a lot of people in Dynasty Fantasy that have been selling Michael Carter shares because Michael Carter I think coming out of North Carolina everybody was hype about we knew that the current coaching staff you know was coming in we didn't know how they were going to use him and we had to see how it was going to play out. Carter is talented, but, you know, just didn't really translate to what we expected. But this year, we expected a lot more. Carter was going to be healthy through minicamp and get uh, the full off-season workout and everything and be ready to go. So Michael Carter shares were looking high. Now you bring in Brees Hall. What does that do for a Michael Carter? Now, it could just be a one-two punch, which is great. For the team, if you've got a Michael Carter, Brees Hall, one-two punch, like, that sounds fucking amazing. If I'm a Jets fan, I'm ecstatic. If I'm a fantasy owner, I'm not touching any of that. That's, I mean, even the Patriots, I think they added another running back, and you've already got Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevens, um, James White. Like, they've got they've got guys back there, so much so that they traded Sony Michelle last year. They traded him <laughs> to the Rams, who ended up winning the Super Bowl, but... You know, we we know how cheap running back life is in the NFL. 
And from a fantasy perspective, there are very few players like a Derrick Henry, like a Jonathan Taylor, like, um, you know, I mean, even Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt, they split. They're both awesome, but they split. So there are very few workhorses like that, Najee Harris and... For fantasy-wise, those things are going to start to have their ramifications as we get closer and closer. Listen, it's going to sneak up on you fast, man. I'm telling you. The fantasy draft is going to come up really, really quick. So it never hurts to start just preparing a little bit. You think about Melvin Gordon going back to the Denver Broncos. That means Javante Williams shares are now down. Like, it's a lot of things to really think about. And, and it still remains to be seen couple quarterbacks could be moved, some wide receivers, some things like that. So it'll be interesting, and we will obviously keep you posted on all of that. But I just want to say, again, like, I can't, I can't even tell you guys how, uh, how much I enjoy talking shit with you guys every week, not just through the podcast, but also on Twitter. And I had so many nice messages that I woke up to once I was sober after the first night of the draft and people telling me that they actually turned down their TV to listen to my drunk ass eat cake and talk shit. Um, and it's just, it's awesome. It's something obviously I'm very passionate about and, and I enjoy doing this and I enjoy being able to give back to you guys whenever I can. So just Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Like I said, a bunch of packages going out this week. I'm going to try to get some more giveaways out as soon as possible. But let me know what I'm missing. I mean, I know this is, this is a short week. Obviously, we wanted to recap the draft a little bit. Uh, but I want to hear from you guys. Like, how do you feel about your team? Do you think, you know, we had put a poll up there. Do you think your team crushed it? Do you feel 50-50? Do you think they shit the bed? Which draft picks do you think nobody is hyping up? And I mean, like every year, every year I have these guys in in my mentions that are like, oh, this undrafted free agent we just signed, this guy's a beast, like he's going to be amazing. And then those guys usually get cut um, before camp. And if they make the roster, they're on the practice squad and stuff like that. But doesn't doesn't mean you can't get excited. You know, it's 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 fun. But I'd love to know what players I should be looking at. You know, you guys tell me you tell me. Who is being slept on in the draft? Who is the steal of the draft? Like these are the things I want to hear about, and these are the things I want to talk about because this show is for you guys. Like it's 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 not for me. You know, I I started this show because my team was never talked about enough, and because you know I never felt that all 32 teams got their due. And if you listen to us during the season, you know that we cover every single game, we cover every single team, we give you every single fucking point spread, everything you need. Because I'm not leaving people out like that. That's 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 not how we roll. So if uh, if I haven't talked about your team in a little bit, if I haven't talked about your favorite player, or there's somebody that I'm sleeping on, let us know, man. I want to get into it. So hit us up on Twitter at Regulators Pod. And uh, if you enjoy the show, tell somebody. Best thing you can do is tell somebody. Send it to one person, man. You can you can tweet it out. You can share a link on Facebook, or you can just send it to a friend and be like, "Hey, check these guys out. No hot takes, no bullshit. Just a great football podcast." So, that being said, I'm gonna go pour myself another drink. I'm getting a little low here. Oh shit! I just spilled what I had left. But uh, definitely time to get another drink. Hope you guys are doing well. Let's fucking crush this week. Love you guys. I'm out.